The following show will contain spoilers, but trust us, you'll want to hear about it anyway. Christ! We're not hunting him! He's hunting us! Welcome to Subversive Cinema. I have known you since you were a kid, Ricky. Ever since you were seven and eight years old, you've shown superhuman strength. Disrespectful conduct, flippant and tasteless verbal remarks. No, no, I'm afraid that they wouldn't approve of that at all. Hello and howdy-do. Welcome back to another episode of Subversive Cinema, where we look at the weird, wacky, and downright wrong entries in cinematic history. I am your host, Art, to be your Sherpa to the strange, wrangler of the weird, and purveyor of the peculiar, and good goddammit, today is not the grandfather of weird shit, but it's certainly a very closely related cousin. We're talking about David Lynch's seminal work, 1977's Eraserhead, his very first film and my very first mindfuck as a, uh, of a movie when I was younger. And to talk about it, we have friend, D&D rule lawyer extraordinaire, as well as fellow podcaster, John. How are you, John? Hey, <laughs> um, I don't know after this one. I don't <laughs> know anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I had not revisited this for a while. And I was stunned to realize that there is a whole chunk of movie after what I remember being the end. <laughs> I remember oh, what part did you think was the end when his head pops off and then he gets okay. taken, it gets taken to the eraser factory. Like right. I remember that being the end. And then I had this weird memory. And I know I, I crossed it with another movie where I thought like afterwards, like the kid went and played soccer with the head or something. Oh my God. But okay. I couldn't remember what movie that happened. The head, that's what was going through my mind was yep. use it as a ball. Use it as yeah. a ball. Use it as a ball. Yeah. Aww. And I know. Instead, <laughs> they, they use his mind for erasers. I was actually kind of sad that the title had such a literal meaning. <laughs> but here's the thing. It has a literal meaning in that particular moment. It still moment. doesn't make any fucking sense. But I, You know, <laughs> I, I want to just be very clear and honest about something. So... When I watched this movie, it was last night, to try to be as fresh as possible, I was not entirely sober. I was under the influence of something, and this made this movie so fantastically strange, much stranger than it would have been as a sober person. But I feel that it also helped unlock some ideas about what this could be. But we'll get into that. This isn't a movie that you have to be on something to appreciate. Like, it'll do the work of drugs for you on its own. Yes. Uh, I watched it sober twice in preparation for this. And <laughs> that's because I had to take notes. I really am looking forward to seeing this again in a different frame of mind, let's say. Oh, yeah. It, it can get tense, though, because David Lynch has a... I wouldn't say a penchant, but like he's, one of his aesthetics is just allowing time to be what it is. So he will take his time with certain shots. And when you're not in your right mind, there's certain sequences in this. You're like, wait, has this been going on for like 20 minutes? What's happening here? When in reality, the sequence or the shot is like 20 seconds. So it could get pretty trippy. Yeah. And there's so many moments where it, in a lot of movies and stuff, it's like, did they not know how to say the word cut? Like this is taking way too fucking long, but in this movie, it somehow helps draw you in. Yeah. Just these weird pauses, you know, between action or, or shots or cuts or whatever. It's, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. 
So, Eraserhead for the uninitiated. It's a story about parenthood, anxiety, a strange baby, and who the hell knows. It is David Lynch's first film, as I mentioned. He wrote, directed, produced, did a bunch of special effects, edited, sound editing. He did a bunch of shit for this. It was, you know, it was a labor of love that took him five years to make, you know. You can hear about it in his book, Catching the Big Fish, where he talks briefly about his experience in making this over the course of five years and how much he, he respected his lead actor, Jack Nance, for being able to hold on to a character because there's the famous, at this point, if you're in the cinema lore, there's this famous anecdote about how in one shot Jack Nance goes to a door and then on the other shot he's now 18 months older as he enters the room because that's how they were shooting this. Yeah, where is that in the movie? I heard about that story and I was just too busy trying to actually watch this because I'd never seen it before, but I really want to find that moment and really look for it because it does fit together pretty well. It does. It's hard to find, I think, specifically because of the fact that it's the the way he describes it is he's sitting on the bed gets up and goes to the door well that happens a few times yeah so. yeah exactly <laughs> but yes so this this movie is it's very strange but it's delightful it's it was stanley kubrick's favorite movie and it's i mean it's been a uh, passed around in hollywood back in the day is a uh, favorite for so many people it was very influential to a lot of artists, and it's fucking strange, as I've said. We're probably going to say that. I'm probably going to say that more than a few times, but I uh, I did adore it <laughs> despite whatever happens. But I, I will say that watching this now as a parent has a very different meaning than when I watched it as a kid who had no idea. And... As with because of that lens, clearly it's it's obvious that this is a meditation on the anxieties of parenthood and responsibilities that come with it and like the shifts of life. But man, it kicked me right in the nuts this time. Before I thought it was just weird imagery. But now I'm like, oh, well duh, yeah, it's clearly about Lynch's, you know, dealing with <laughs> the perceptive changes in life that happen when a child comes into it, so but what were your actually before we get into the, to the specifics of breaking it down? Let me ask you, John. Uh, you, you already answered this, but let's let's go into it. So okay. before this, you've heard of this film, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's it's famous for basically being baffling and you know incomprehensible, so. right? <laughs> and I think you also answered this, but I'll ask it again. Uh, are you glad I made you watch it? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and uh, j- just in preparation for this was I finally got to check it off of my list. <laughs> yeah. I've been wanting to see it for forever. So I'm so glad that this option came up Yeah, and the first half hour. Or so I was like, okay, I'm interested, but eh. And then we get to the chicken dinner. I'm like, ah, that's what I signed on for. And from <laughs> then on, I was very happy yes. <laughs> to be a part, to be along on this journey. <laughs> I also have to say, um, as you mentioned with, yourself being a new father i will be very disappointed if there's not a themed um your child's first halloween (laughs) wrap him up in the bandage he gets nasty bandages and a weird mask you get an awesome haircut and i i think um for your wife i'm thinking lady in the radiator yeah we'll paint some crab cakes and glue them on the sides of her face (laughs) oh god be beautiful Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) 
So a quick rundown, as best as I can divine from this, it tells the story of this fellow named Henry Spencer who lives in this just dilapidated, seemingly post-apocalyptic world that's just full of rubble and concrete and shitty apartments. And he is just going about his day. He heads home and then he, you know, has a, a small encounter with the seductress across the hallway. And then you start getting inclinations that, you know, there's something weird with the radiator. And then he sees a picture of his girlfriend. So he goes to her house because he hears that they're ready to have dinner. There's a weird fucking dinner with this, this set of chickens <laughs> that the father's so proud that they're small. And then he, then the, the mother, uh, well, I'm going to get into the characters. So I'm just going to say right now, Mrs. X, I, I, I'm going to call her out before when we get to that. But his girlfriend is seemingly consistently, <laughs> consistently uh, upset. Name's Mary. And mm -hmm. it's because there's a baby. A baby just suddenly appeared. You know, Henry doesn't understand because they only had sex like a few days ago. And this mutant baby. Just Did they, though? Well, he was about to say. Because, because there was the whole, you never come around anymore. Well, that's the thing is like it's that's part of the weirdness is that it goes. And both we know ways. the baby's preemie. Yeah, it's a premature well, baby, but so that's what that's what Mrs. X says. Yes, but, but also, you know, well, because and Mrs. X is, you know, saying, well, you know, again, the conversation I'm going to play in a moment about sexual intercourse. Oh, yes. And, that's, God. and it, you know, it this is be... where it hooked me because I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm sorry to cut you off. But um, <laughs> when I first sat down to watch this, I only got through that first half hour or so. And it was this conversation is where I left off. Yes. <laughs> it's a good conversation to come and on. So to. I kind of felt weird coming back because, again, not much had really happened. It was those long, sh you know, those long shots and cuts and everything that we were talking about before. But again, from that, oh God, from the sexual intercourse talk onward, it's just yeah. beautiful. <laughs> so, you know, he they decide, well, we have a baby. So the baby is going to sit on this table for the rest of the movie, pretty much. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, Mary moves in with Henry. And baby's doing what babies do and cries in the night. She can't handle it. So she uh, grabs her suitcase and just dips the fuck out. So now Henry, who doesn't have a job because he's on vacation, is just kind of hanging out with his baby at home. And he starts having these weird visions of the lady in the radiator as uh, he's just trying to sleep. It, it, it just gets fucking weird from there. There is weird sperm babies that get stepped on. There's a strange theatrical production. There, a head pops off, as I said, and then his <laughs> brain's used for an eraser. <laughs> and uh, then there's this weird mutilation of the baby. Uh, and who knows what the fuck's going on? It, it's He gives in to the lady in the radiator. I don't know. And I, I you don't totally know. left out everything with the planet and the dude pulling. Well, levers, yes, there's obviously there's the so man. So much the... other shit in this yeah. movie. Like that, that's why I, was, I figured we'd get to that. The man in the planet is, you know, played incidentally by Jack Fisk, who was the husband of Sissy Spacek. <laughs> How fucking random <laughs> oh, is that shit. whole connection? Yeah, like they pitched in some money on this. That's why Sissy gets a uh, thank you in the end credits. But anyway, look, there's there's so much in here to unpack, and we won't be able to touch all of it, but we can certainly put our little fingers into some of it. So. Let's get down to it. We're going to break down the subversive sauce of this movie, figure out how subversive it is by looking at character story and what the fuck. I have a feeling the latter category is going to take up the lion's share of this discussion. So, 
let's just get into the characters. So what characters stood out to you and why? Oh, man, I had a few. Well, you have Bill, whose credit is Mr. X. Like you mentioned, Mary's mother is Mrs. Mm -hmm. X. But he introduces himself as Bill. Yes. <laughs> and this guy has two modes. And one is being just gleeful and happy about everything and then pissed off about the job he used to have as a plumber. <laughs> he, he goes from talking about how they're so happy to have Henry there for dinner and these these chickens are the most amazing, you know, the strangest darn things. They're they're small, but they're new. You know. <laughs> and then he finds out that Henry works as a printer at this factory and he's like, "I'm a plumber." Uh, basically he laid pipe throughout this entire town. It used to be pastoral and now it's, he made it this industrial shithole <laughs> and look at my knees. Look at my knees. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and mom has to go and calm his ass down. <laughs> yeah. He does get like, he has these manic moments. Yeah. And of course there's a wonderful section where he's just sitting at the table, staring at him. And just staring and just staring. <laughs> well, that's after because you know, there's a moment where Mary has like a little fit kind of seizure sort of thing. And then well, mom has one yes. during dinner. And it's after that. And he just kind of sits there in dead silence for a long time. And then all of a sudden he's like, so, well, you know, Henry, and he's just the biggest shit eating grin on his face. Yeah. Like nothing ever happened. And then his biggest concern later is dinner's getting cold. I know. Yeah. Bill is amazing. I, I know. I, I, I love uh, how he's going to, how he tries to indoctrinate Henry as a, as a guest in Man of the House with, with this little gesture. Mary usually does the carving, but maybe tonight you'll do it, Henry. All right with you? Of course. I'd be happy to. <laughs> That's that sort of pacing and seemingly non sequitur conversation is such a hallmark of Lynchian style. I mean, first of all, I love how he nails the fact of like that's the sort of shit that just random dads say to like boyfriends <laughs> visiting, but it's done in such a weird, weird way. It's just wonderful. It's. It's one of those things that if, if you haven't experienced the movie, it seems tedious. Yes. In, but in, when the scene's happening, you're like, I, I'm sucked in. I can't yes. help it. <laughs> there is something about the, the taking the time, as I mentioned earlier, that, that he just leans into it and it just works. Leans in hard. Let's see. What, what is, maybe is this where he talks a little bit about these, these wonderful chickens? I thought I heard a stranger. We've got chicken tonight. Strangest damn things. They're man-made. Little damn things. Smaller than my fist. But they're new. <laughs> but they're new. I love Bill. I love him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man. So because, uh, yeah, so, you know, you brought out Mr. X, a.k.a. Bill. And uh, I then have to bring up, as I already said, the, the mother, Mrs. X, okay. especially because she she does every man's worst nightmare uh, when going to a parent's house and she brings him into a corner. Yeah, OK. Yeah, I had this on my WTF section. Oh, yes. Yeah. Has this exchange with him. Did you and Mary have sexual intercourse? 
Did you? Why are you asking me this question? I have a very good reason. And now I want you to tell me. I, I'm very... Uh, I love Mary. Henry, I asked you if you and Mary had sexual intercourse. Well, I don't, I, I don't think that's any of your business. Henry! I, I'm sorry. That's usually how I would answer, too. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I mean, just the formality of it. It's not, did you screw? Did you have sex? Did you fuck? It's, did you and Mary engage in sexual intercourse? Yes. <laughs> And we'll we'll leapfrog a smidge. We'll take a time time jump into the future of WTF. I like that her coercion to get him to answer her is to start seducing him. Yeah, she starts by like licking his neck, nibbling on his neck or something. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, then Mary his walks face in. Is great. And then Mary walks in. Mother. <laughs> what you her. mean like this? Mother. Yes. Answer me. I'm too nervous. It's a baby. <laughs> it's at the hospital. Mom! And you're the father. <laughs> so he just found out that he has a premature baby. <laughs> and from this woman who is half looking like she's going to stab him because he deflowered her daughter. And then she also wants to, you know, mount him. So that was good. I, I appreciated her. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Uh, any other characters that came to mind? <laughs> I've got a few, oh, yeah, uh, but just quick notes about them. Yeah. Um, the one you see most of would be Lady in the Radiator, mainly because of that amazing dance choreography. Oh, yeah. First time you get a good look at her. <laughs> the, 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 the good shuffle. shuffle. Yeah, that shuffle, shuffle is just <laughs> And this is the shuffle. Is this before or after she starts stomping on all the weird sperm babies? Uh, that That's immediately at the end. Yes, that's right. Right. Yeah, because she starts shuffling around the stage, going around them, yes. and then eventually starts squishing at the very end of her elaborate, absolutely elaborate dance. Yes. <laughs> As, yes, these weird little sperm baby things are just falling from the rafters, and then she starts squishing them like little slugs. Correct. Yeah, she's she's disturbing. She's uh, so disturbing to me, and really? I like the fact that, yeah. The, Is it the, the wig? It's the big cheeks, the big, eh. the big chipmunk cheeks eh. that are all textured and carvy. And then, they of just course, look her... like biscuits. <laughs> yeah, this is like, she's got some, she's got some, uh, some, oh my God, Pillsbury biscuits there. Well, no, because I mean, I have a, a background in special makeup effects and doing yeah. creatures and making, you know, people look sick or fucked up or killed, mm -hmm. you know, or whatever. So, whenever messed up things happen in movies, my brain shifts into, well, that's interesting. Like, I wonder how they went about doing that. Here's what I would do. Um, this film's in black and white, but I'd often be like, you know, if you see some like nasty gore organs ripped up, I just go, that's an interesting color choice. <laughs> so I, I found this movie actually delightful and laughed so many times. So yes, <laughs> lady in the radiator. I was just like, well, the wig shit, but the rest is kind of interesting. That was my take on her. <laughs> Did you enjoy her her performance here? It's so. It's my just, new ringtone. Oh my god! 
<laughs> and if I remember reading correctly, I believe that that wasn't even her singing there. It was, I think, the uh, the guy who wrote the song uh, recorded it, and then she lip-synced to it, which is why it has a sort of disconnected uh, feel to it. I, I don't remember the name, but I did see that in the credits. The Yeah, the guy who wrote yeah, it. Yeah, uh, what it says song. here is uh, she was actually lip-syncing a vocal track from musician Peter Ivers, who composed the song. Yeah, that's, uh, that's good times. Yeah, it's a lady <laughs> in the radiator. She's nice. I do have two other quick characters that really oh, yes. stood out for me. Please. One is the elderly lady in the kitchen, because oh, yes. you never know. <laughs> Whenever you need an actual person to act as a bit of a table so that you can toss salad. That was amazing. That And I like that she brought her in to help. You know, you got this comatose old woman, puts the salad bowl in, in, her, in lap, her lap, grabs her hands and helps. <laughs> Unless that's like part of the ritual is like, you know, grandma has to toss the salad. I guess so. <laughs> I mean, Mary's busy carving the chicken, so we can't ask her to do it. I, True. I don't know, man. Um, and then also a guy who's only known as the boss. Yes. And you first see the boss in, it's about the last 20 minutes of the movie when over half the cast shows up. <laughs> and he comes out to yell at this dude, Paul. But when he comes out, I seriously thought that this guy was from a silent movie. Because of the way he walks in and is furiously shaking his finger, I expect yes. a, a title card with his dialogue to pop up on the screen. <laughs> this is this is another example of Lynchian timing. And audience, you get to sit with me and John while we go through this just to get to the boss's introduction because I did laugh so loud oh when this God. happened. Boy walks in. I say this is where the kid walks in with the... Yeah, so Paul's at his desk, like, radioing for help, basically. <laughs> okay, Paul! <laughs> okay, Paul! I love it. I love it. <laughs> like even the buzzer gets a little tired. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> but I just love how they treat, you know, this head as this is normal. Ah, yes. so you brought us another sample, and you know they core out a chunk of the the brain and put it into this mechanism, and uh, it it cuts erasers and and yeah and apparently henry's brain is uh is okay it's okay see there you go <laughs> he, he had to do a test he had to draw a little pencil line and erase and i got it works i guess it's paul's first day on the job because a kid walks in with a severed head and he freaks <laughs> out understandably yeah. and then boss comes in you know and he sees the kid, and he's so warm and welcoming and escorts him into this room where they cut it open and core a piece of brain out. Yep, as one does. Yeah, as one does. <laughs> I would say that that is uh, one hell of a of a dream nightmare. They were in their hot tub of love or milk, and yeah. 
then they both they both submerge and then all of a sudden we go into the lady in the radiator business and then his watching you know first after a long protracted shot of the top of the of, of the hair oh, of the lady sinking. across the hall that's like just still floating on the top of the hot tub yes and then we get into this weird thing and as uh his eraser dust mind is blown then we go back to henry sitting in bed and i think this is you know he just tries to figure out what to do next because you know this girlfriend's left him and he just had sex presumably with the woman across the hall and then i guess he goes to visit her for comfort and then she he sees her with this weaselly dude <laughs> just some guy yeah but it's, it's so funny how i again lynchian timing i love the staring at each other and some people are just fine with it like two different like two characters in a, in a scene will have a conversation without words and then the third character is just having a separate conversation without words <laughs> and most of the time i would be screaming at the movie going like do something say something anything <laughs> but in this i'm just like yes i am on board for this ride thank you very much <laughs> Well, you know uh, what? Who you never have to tell to say something or the baby. say something is yes. yes. And it does that pretty much the entire movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was that was it. Yeah, that really struck a chord with me because that was the same sort of anxiety-inducing sound as a new father that you know when it's like you you had silence before and then all of a sudden all you have is oh wait that's evil baby sorry (laughs) (laughs) i was looking forward to meeting your son but i'm not so sure now if that's if that's the sound that permeates your home at this moment oh yeah well that's also how some babies you feel like some babies are it's just like you're fucking with me aren't you this is true this is true my god okay i have nephews (laughs) (laughs) so let's uh let's speak a little just on the baby as a as an sfx wizard as you are what is your take on the baby? Because, uh, you know, the collective lore in cinema is that he'll never, David Lynch has never confirmed how they pulled off that rig and that gimmick. There's various theories, but, uh, you know, what is your, your thought there? Yeah, this thing captivated me. At first I was thinking, oh, hand puppet, because it just kind of moves a little bit. Oh, no, the mouth works. Okay, neat. And then there were these close-ups with the eye, and that's what really intrigued me. Yes. Because it looks too good. Yeah. And it moves around too well. And so I'm not sure what they did to pull this off. There was one little rumor I found that uh, apparently it's a cow fetus. I heard about that. Yeah. Like calf fetus. Yep. But I'm still not sure how you would be able to move the eye around like that. (laughs) Well, I mean, you kind of have to hollow it out and then. And put something else in there maybe. Or because I mean that. Eyes are squishy. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. <laughs> yes, eyes are squishy, yes. <laughs> um, but otherwise, I loved this thing. Yeah. I really did. Again, I I don't get put off by things in movies. Now, real life, there's all kinds of stuff that'll gross me out and send me like to run and hide in the corner, you know, curl up in a ball. But if I'm watching a movie or something, I, I just find this stuff intriguing. Mm-hmm. And so the 
quote unquote jump scare of oh you are sick oh yes i laughed so goddamn hard at that because what happens is henry you know the the baby's making the noises that you already played and he walks over and takes his temperature and looks at it and it is exactly perfect 98.6 degrees and then it cuts back and the baby has the pox oh yes it's got like all sorts of boils and, <laughs> and welts and yeah and this like heavy overly dramatic like dun 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 sort of music starts playing and harry's just like ah oh, you are sick <laughs> <laughs> well i mean uh why should uh we describe it when we can just share it <laughs> I laughed so goddamn hard at this movie, but nothing nearly as much as that moment. Oh my god. Man, that that baby as the sick one is just gnarly with this sort of shit. <laughs> just sounds so it does and i'm really curious what this looked like in person right you know like did they do anything stupid with colors just to get the black and white to look right did they try and make it look realistic it looks like um like part of the boils it's almost maggoty looking like they put puffed rice on there like (laughs) i just kept thinking of rice krispies but you know are they just sores do they have pus is it purple who knows who the fuck knows? <laughs> yeah valid i don't know just this it's such a simple but off-putting prop creature character thing Ugh. <laughs> yeah and I, I must say i was very delighted at the work whenever henry cuts the the nasty bandages oh, yes. that has been swaddled and he cuts it open and there's it's just an open body cavity with organs yeah that's all it is. Oh, it's oh, it's delightfully messed up. <laughs> yeah, it's it, the movie certainly takes its turn into to U-Town towards the back half. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking about the back half and the what's-nots, let's uh, briefly touch on story. This won't take long um, because I'm still not quite sure what it's about. So the story, John, did it make sense to you? Absolutely. Oh, okay, please 100%. elucidate. Well, because I was looking at the, you give us a nice little sheet to help guide us through. And it was, Mm -hmm. what is the story and does it make sense? And absolutely. And you gave a longer version. This is my note of the story. This isn't everything that happens in the movie, but Mm -hmm. the story of the movie is dude finds out he's a father, gets married and moves in. Baby's a mutant. Wife leaves him. Apparently baby dies. That is the story in this movie. (laughs) That is fairly straightforward. Well, what nothing about else. The, nothing what... else makes any fucking sense. <laughs> All right, fine, fair. The through but line it's, it's will also very famous. This movie is also very famous for that, and the fact that uh, Lynch never wants to explain it. He's like, I've heard all kinds of theories. No one has, like, no one's come up with what I personally think. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the fellow who plays Henry. I uh, found out there was an interview where people asked him about certain aspects. And he's like, you guys just, it's a movie. You guys are overthinking shit. I read about that. He's like, yeah, why? Well, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, yeah. why are you thinking about it? It's just a movie. 
<laughs> and I normally hate the response of, well, what do you think it is? Because <laughs> it seems like a cop-out. But everything in this, there's obviously an intention. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's obviously about, you know, fatherhood and anxieties and relationships and that sort of things. And so you can't extrapolate on your own. And I really like it in this case, though. Right. Because normally it's something that's, like, individually out of place within a movie. Mm-hmm. So what was the significance of like that one shot? Oh, what do you think it is? No, but this whole movie is what the hell is this? Yeah. <laughs> so it just it just fits. It just fits on a whole. Yeah. Well, I I do say then yes the the simple straightforward example works. Uh, as they say on IMDb, Henry Spencer tries to survive his industrial environment, his angry girlfriend, and the unbearable screams of his newly born mutant child. I, yeah. yeah, I guess that's that's pretty yeah. much it. It's straightforward. It's all the details in between that get really, you know, bake it's, your noodle. It's literally everything else is so weird. It, even in the very beginning, and it, well, not the very, very beginning... <laughs> But when Henry's walking, uh, you imagine home from work, even though he's on vacation, but there's these like mounds of dirt that he very specifically walks up and down a few of them. <laughs> Just the way the guy moves, the way people speak, the moss as house plants. I touched, we touched on it just a little bit earlier, but <laughs> seriously, there is an end table next to the bed with a pile of dirt with a stick coming up out yes. of it. Yes. It's, it's a wonderful... This is, this is why I love David Lynch, man. It's just he throws everything in there. Yeah, I mean, you you got to go into it with... This, this movie is basically a dream. Yeah. So there is a point, and there's things that you kind of understand as you're looking at, but as soon as you start thinking about it, it all falls apart. Yes. <laughs> so let's get into the fun bits about this. Uh the WTF. So let's talk about some WTFs that we have not already covered. <laughs> you, you did a little bit of this one when you uh, when you played the baby crying, but just the sound design and the sound yes. mixing was honestly the most off-putting thing for me. Yeah, they there's this frequencies that are just bothersome. <laughs> and just sound choices and the volume they're played at. Like, when you hear the baby crying, there was this, like, just empty vacant rushing wind sound that basically permeates the entire film and when henry first gets to mary's parents place there's a dog that has i don't know how many puppies suckling on it and that noise is in the forefront of the scene like it only cuts to the dog once or twice but they're sitting there having a conversation of like what do you do for work and you just hear this the whole time Oh, you mean like this? visuals? I don't mind, but the sound. Ugh, <laughs> ugh. It's just it, suckling pups. <laughs> you know what? Listening to it without the visual, it almost seems like running your fingers on a balloon. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is still very like off-putting and spine-twisting of a sound. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, but, but just, it, it's stuff being louder than it should be. You know, Mary's having trouble sleeping and the, the bed creaking or when she's rubbing her eye and it's that weird moist, like, oh yes, (laughs) 
<laughs> sound. Everything is just really present. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Mary, I love the, the, the as you mentioned earlier, the fits that this family seems to enjoy i had that under the wacky column yes yeah i I love that you know as they're just sitting there conversing on the couch she starts having one and and mom doesn't even break a sweat or a beat picks up a hairbrush and starts brushing her hair and then it stops and it's okay that's just like little things like that again that's what drew me into this normal yeah it's played absolute normal and that's what really drew me into the movie because no one reacts like this stuff is odd or the carving of the chicken itself. Yes, when it suddenly starts oozing and just bleeding, and then that's well, and the it's mom pumping its fit. legs first too. So well, of course, I don't yeah, know if dancing. this is supposed to be a childbirth sort of thing, a miscarriage, something about the because we don't even know about the premature baby that the hospital's just keeping on hold for them to get married to pick up. Yes. Uh, seriously speaking, everything about this movie is insane and i love speaking, it speaking about sound design uh, i love the, the the constant gushing you'll <laughs> be all right in a minute excuse me Bill. Famous Lynchian pause. Come on, Bill. <laughs> well, Henry, what do you know? There it is. <laughs> there it is. That's the moment I mentioned earlier. That's how long it takes. And, and for listener context, if you haven't seen this, um, Henry's carving this. It's smaller than like a little Cornish game hen, even. Oh yes, the, the new chicken. Yeah, the the new chicken. They're man-made and small, but new. And he's trying to carve it, and it's gushing. I don't know blood or, or something. And that's when mom starts having her seizure. So that's what the moaning was about. That's it's two separate. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, it. Yeah. Yeah, that was the moment where I was like, okay, this is what this is. Yeah, all right. <laughs> now we're in it. Yep. Now we're in. Yeah, there's 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 a lot. I mean, honestly, one could argue that almost every frame or sequence has a little WTF in mm-hmm. it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Man, it's it's wonderful. And of course, yeah, we mentioned briefly though, the man in the planet. Uh, who is played by Sissy SpaceX husband, Jack Fisk. But yes, Man in the Planet, he has these levers that he will pull, sparks will fly, and it's almost as if, is he supposed to be God? Is he just sitting there watching and puppeteering the world? Or, or is he just all in Henry's head? Is he the man controlling Henry? I have no idea, but he's just gnarled. And just kind of greasy-looking mutant dude sitting in the dark by a broken window pulling levers. And I'm going to answer in your just question weird by see. filling in multiple choice G, all yes. of the above, and simultaneously none. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
everything but nothing. All things, yes. And all things in between, yes. Yeah. <laughs> this, yeah, this is this is such a <laughs> delightful... Man, this is a weird one. It's good, though. It's good. We honestly kind of covered all of my WTF parts. Like, all, all the moments... Oh, we didn't really talk about um, the umbilical... The umbilicals. Oh, how when his girlfriend was writhing in bed and he just kept pulling them out <laughs> and he got apparently a, a small dehydrated one in the mail in a super tiny box yes <laughs> and a ghostly one comes out of his mouth at the very opening of the like these things I, at first it just looked honestly like uh, a roll of old used latex to be yeah. honest old discarded liquid latex or maybe foam latex that you roll up when you have extra. But on my rewatch, I noticed at least at the beginning when they have the ghostly one that comes out of his mouth, the, the top of it is actually uh, the, the top of it is sort of ahead of the baby. It has the similar yeah. look to it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's like... not quite an umbilical cord. It's not quite a sperm. It's Yeah. <laughs> like did they just get like a grip of feti in different or fetuses in different stages oh man yeah and that's why it took five years exactly need to get another fetus here go to the butcher shop see if the cow has another oh my one. god <laughs> like, no. oh this uh i tell you what the, the the very it was partly a wtf because uh, it was our very first full introduction to the baby. And it's when Henry comes home and he sees Mary trying to feed it. And then that is really where you get to see the puppetry happening because the eyes are moving, the mouth is moving, the tongue is sticking out. It's yeah. breathing, it's spitting out. And it's like, how the fuck did this happen? But it's so also at the same time, real in the sense of like man i try to feed my kid something with a spoon and he's just like uh-uh nope <laughs> so that's like <laughs> I, I feel your pain mary i feel your pain yeah like she's trying to feed and that was the thing with the mouth and i'm just like okay whatever and then she like pinches its face yeah to get it to scream a little bit so she can feel it. i'm like oh oh okay this is a better prop than i thought it was yeah. <laughs> the the breathing it honestly you can feel like balloons or bladders inside a thing and pump air in and out. That's not too difficult to be honest, but yeah, it was that eye. I mean, yeah, we we've hit, like, like I said, we've hit most of my WTFs and mostly the WTFs are the things that made me laugh the most, the sexual intercourse talk. Oh, you are sick. The whole thing with the severed head. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and the the conversation at the end with the lady across the hall the silent conversation mm -hmm. at the end and then it cuts back and henry's head is gone and it's the baby's head sticking up yes you know, all these little jump scare mo or the giant one as oh, the, yeah, the keeps... giant baby head that's staring at him after he's i guess if oh no that's a uh, bef... right after he's killed it right uh it, yeah. it all kind of runs together to be honest but yeah the lights are going like off and on and every time it comes up it's like in a different position around the room all these things yeah. are supposed to be freaky and scary i'm just cackling i love yeah. it 
Well, I mean, yeah, it's like you got you got all sorts of crazy shit happening. Like after he cuts the baby open, and then all the oatmeal flows out, and then this I'm weird... thinking grits. Whatever there's, it is, it's gnarly. A finer it looks... texture than oatmeal. It is just again. That's where my brain goes when it's I gross. see this shit. I was just like, what they use for that? Kind of like, looks like grits. Looks like cream of wheat. Mm. Probably just had a tube under there and pumped it through. My first was more of like a poly foam thing because you can mix. It's two liquids you mix together and it turns into a foam, uh-huh. and that's where you get like, you know, props that you get from Halloween Adventure or whatever. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, well, no, no. There's texture. There's grit in it. I think it's breakfast grits. Put a little butter on there, a little pepper, a little salt. You're good. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I'll never look at that sequence the same way again. <laughs> or breakfast or breakfast that's right <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so yeah it's it's um it's a wonderful and odd piece and again there's you know if you really want to break it down and go scene by scene you could uh take a long time and in fact i'd almost be willing to bet that there are numerous uh, introduction to cinema classes that have this as required viewing, and then I'm sure that there's a litany of papers and opinions about it. But oh, undoubtedly, we, we won't get into all that with you, but we will give you our sauce rating on this. So, John, on the scale of one to ten, how subversive do you feel that this film was? For me, pie. <laughs> I think your general audience might put it more of around an 11 or 12, though. <laughs> yeah, I could agree with that. I like that. Well, I'll say I'll, I'll give it pi squared. So, okay. Right. I'll, I'll go I'll go sort of towards, a, you know, some sort a little of more abstract equation. <laughs> How about I? The I there I? you go. Yeah, I'll just uh, I'll, I'll do like, I don't know, force <laughs> I. times acceleration. So there you go. Yeah, this movie is, it's a granddaddy, or like I said, not a granddaddy, it's its more like some sort of cousin to to strange, experimental, fucked up, crazy, expressionistic, you name it, this movie is it, except for normal, that's what I'll say. So, big question is, you want to watch it so you can see what the hell we're talking about. Well, right now it's on HBO Max, you can also get it on Amazon as well as uh, on DVD, Blu-ray. I recommend the Criterion Collection. Just uh, It's a really nice HD transfer. And despite how nice and clean it is, it still has plenty of darkness and shadows to, as David Lynch would say, let your mind wander. So that's pretty good. Uh, John, I want to thank you for, for watching this and talking about it. Before we go, I know you have something you would like to share. Where could people find you and your work? You can't. No. no. <laughs> uh, yeah, as you mentioned at the top, I am part of a podcast, the Millennial Rewind Podcast. And our whole thing is we take a not-so-sentimental look at the movies and TV shows that were around when millennials were growing up. So it's more of what you mentioned we're not going to do today with this movie. We do go more step-by-step through the film. Uh, our host, Nick you know, kind of leads us along, gives the breakdown. And then Jules and I basically give our reactions and try to get him off topic and tangent as much as possible. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So they they are much longer episodes though. 
but they come out every two weeks. So you got plenty of time and you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at millennial rewind. Uh, Twitter is millennial rewind podcast. And you can also get roughly like a little minute preview of the upcoming episode where you'll actually get to see my face. Ooh, well, that's worth the price of admission alone. If you ask me, Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. So there you have it. Eraserhead 1977, David Lynch's, uh, seminal work. And then you can find John and the rest of his cohorts over at Millennial Rewind. I'll put that in the show notes so it'll be okay. easy to find for sure. Yeah, actual episodes you can find pretty much anywhere you get podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, there's even YouTube, you know. Humble brag. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we're, we're, we're kind of everywhere. Yeah, we're, we're just pretty much everywhere. Kinda, I have many leather-bound books. <laughs> yes that's right john will be to your door to sell you the leather bound edition of millennial rewind encyclopedia Britannica. that's right three easy installments of $16. oh yeah 99 <laughs> oh well See, this was... is what i mean by we just spitball and go off tangent on exactly on the other shit so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it is like hanging out in someone's living room and listening to three friends bullshit about a movie and uh and you get to be a part of it it's really fun it's and fine. if you're really skeptical, it. but just really love the sound of Art's voice, he actually joined us on one episode back when we covered Indian in the Cupboard. That is true, and I was shammered when we started talking about that one. So I if believe you there were at me... least two bottles of wine involved? Oh yeah, two bottles of red wine if you want to. <laughs> and that's all because of uh, uh, delays in recording, so I would have only been Sh- half no, a bottle. No, you don't get to. You don't... I was only half a bottle through when we started, and then it just... We weren't, yeah, there was like... Um... One of the one of the other guys had like a internet crash or something like that. We had no idea if we were going to continue recording. So, <laughs> well, I blame you all, and, uh, <laughs> and to the audience here, you just got a peek behind the technical curtain, so you could see exactly how interesting this stuff is. How dare you! I know. They're going to kick me out for revealing this stuff. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, John, thanks for coming on. It's been a pleasure, and for everybody out there. Check out the movie and let me know what you think. You can uh, send me an email or just hit me up on Facebook or Instagram, whatever. Check it out and tell me what you think. And until next time, stay subversive. If you enjoyed the show, please tell a friend and leave us a rating and a review. Visit SubversiveCinemaPodcast.com for more information and to become a patron on our Patreon. Find out about bonus materials and patron-exclusive merch. Some sort of